Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. All right, so the first one is you need to identify the core drivers for your business growth. Now, business growth should be the number one success metric for all businesses. It's, it's how you survive. It's how you thrive, right? But you know how it looks and how you build it can be very different. So you need to first understand what are the drivers of that growth. Is it generating more leads? Is it closing existing leads? Is it getting customers to buy more? Is it getting more foot traffic? Is it staying longer on site or in store? And no, it's not yes to all of those things, all right? <laughs> you guys have to be very focused on what is the immediate one or two things that you can do in order to drive growth for your business. That is what your marketing efforts should be focused on. And remember, consumers vote with time and money, so your drivers should be focused on one or both of those behaviors. Yes, and I think just again to reiterate Anne's point, do not try to make KPIs for all of these in an effort to prove that something is working because by doing so, you're fragmenting your efforts far too much. And we've seen it happen too many times where it's like, I'm going to hedge my bets here. And so I'm just going to try to do it all. And then nothing happens well. And then, you know, you're out more than you were when you began if you'd just done the right thing and made some decisions before you started. Yes. Amen to that. All right. The second step for defining the right marketing KPIs is determine what you need from your marketing tactics to best deliver against the drivers. As a note, marketing tactic for businesses, even within the same industry, could look very different business to business, depending on your growth drivers, your target consumer or customer, and the market around you. So you really, really, really need to do your due diligence to understand how best to reach your consumer or your customer with the right message at the right time through the right channel. This becomes your marketing strategy. Now, we could make a whole podcast episode on marketing strategy, and we probably need to add that one to the list. As I'm yeah, thinking. I actually yeah, we'll, saw that when you made this note. Yeah, we'll do that. But that is a topic for another podcast. And so let's assume for right now that you've actually done your due diligence in creating your marketing strategy. So you know how to reach your consumer, your customer at the right place, at the right time, through the right channel with the right message. So then you need to determine what you need from each marketing tactic to deliver against the growth drivers. So let me just frame this up in an example because I think this will make more sense in an example. So say you determine that your business growth driver is to generate leads. The first thing you need to do is really determine what success looks like. Okay, so what does it look like in the terms of that marketing tactic in order to grow leads? Okay, it's not good enough just to be there or just to show up. You really need to think about what you need in order to be able to deliver that. So say example, for example, then in generating leads, you determine that um, social is a good place for you to be. Social is going to help you generate those leads. Now, as you think about what success looks like, you're probably going to quantify that in terms of how many eyeballs you need actually in order to see that piece of content based on probably a conversion factor that you understand if you've identified your marketing strategy you should have some idea of your conversion factor of like hey, if i 100 people see this i can probably assume that maybe 10 may engage with me 
right? Now, if you don't know that, you need to do some benchmarking and you need to do some tests and learning. That also is another podcast episode. But let's just assume for right now that you understand that your conversion factor and you know that you need a certain amount of eyeballs in order to be able to get that conversion that is going to help you generate leads that you need for your business. All right, so based on that then, you start asking yourself, okay, well, how do I generate that number of leads? Because that leads is based on reach. So you might come to the conclusion that, hey, in order to generate that reach, I may need a paid strategy because paid is going to help me get more eyeballs. More eyeballs means I can get more converts. That helps you then make very intentional choices on what your marketing tactics should be, what your KPIs need to be in order to deliver that, because then you have something very tangible within your page strategy of measuring eyeballs based on your conversion rate. And then you can start really assessing, is this working for me or is it not working for me? So that is one example of what you, how you might want to think about how to generate those KPIs based on the marketing tactics that are going to drive your business. Another one would be, hey, maybe you decide that you want to focus on conversions in the social arena, again, because that's where you determine that's the right place to reach your consumer. And when you're thinking about that, you're thinking about then the quality of the type of posts that you're generating, because the quality of your posts really is going to help you with conversions. It's generally measured by engagement, shares, likes, comments. But again, it's just not enough to measure shares, likes, comments. That doesn't tell you anything. What you need to know is how many of those shares, likes, comments you need in order to drive conversion. And then that is becomes your KPI, all right? So you need to really drill down into those, specific, those specifics in order to be able to correlate what those metrics mean within that platform to your higher order business benefit. Now, just as an aside, reach and engagement isn't mutually exclusive, okay? Engagement actually helps you to achieve reach. The algorithm rewards you for more engagement, the more reach. I simplified it in terms of this discussion, but just keep in mind that they do have interrelation. Yeah, and as our friend Dan Gad from the Atlanta Falcons would say, there is no reach without reaction. Uh-huh. And that quote has stuck in my head since we've talked to him, one of those little nuggets that I feel like is constantly playing out. But to all the points Anne just made, that's what you're really looking for. It's not enough for people to see it. It's not even enough for them to just like it. It's how many of them then actually convert and do whatever you wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. The third step for defining the right marketing KPIs is to set KPIs for these tactics. And I'll take this one. So we've talked about this. We've touched on it a little bit already. But we want to get very, very specific about what an actual KPI is through some examples. And it's really, really important that they are both quantifiable and also time bound. Mm -hmm. Anne has talked about this so much that every time I think about this, I hear her in my head, which I'm not sure if that's good or bad. But in any case, (laughs) um, leaving things open ended is a recipe for disaster, for mixed expectations, lack of alignment. You know, you don't necessarily even know what success looks like. But here, let me give you some examples of what we're talking about, okay? It's not enough to just say, we want to increase site traffic a lot. That is neither quantifiable or time-bound. What is, is to say something like, we want to increase site traffic 20 to 30% in the next four months. Or 
increase site traffic in the next four months, target 20% with a stretch goal of 30%, okay? So those are, again, giving you numbers to work against and a time by which to do it. We always like the idea, actually, of establishing a target and then allowing for some stretch because that really shows that you're being diligent and pragmatic and all the things that Anne made, you know, points about in the last in the last point. Um, but the idea that it's quite possible you might hit that initial target and go beyond it. And so by having that even just range, it makes the impact of the KPI that much more if you hit the higher end of it versus mm-hmm. just accomplishing one part of it. And even better if you go even beyond that, of course. But it people shows... call you sandbaggers at that point. Yes. Okay. That is sometimes called sandbagging, which means that you set it way too low and you knew you were going to well surpass it. Please don't do that. Make yourself look good. Yeah, that will get you into a lot of trouble. But back to my original point, it is good to have a target that you feel like is reasonable and then some stretch beyond that because... Because it makes you look that much better if you get closer to the stretch that you knew, in fact, what you were doing. But to Anne's point, you weren't sandbagging, but you you worked extra hard and therefore reaped the benefits of that by getting closer to your stretch. Yeah, and I'll qualify what I said a little bit because, I mean, to really be honest here, the thing that really keeps people from setting really good KPIs is fear. And it's the fear of looking bad. It's the fear of missing expectations. It's the fear that you're going to be held to this. And if you don't get it, you're going to fail. I mean, there's a tremendous amount of fear, right? And so I we acknowledge that. That's mm-hmm. why you, uh, need, you can use these tactics of putting the the stretch and um, the goal, as well as putting ranges in in order to help mitigate some of that fear. Mm -hmm. All right. So use that. Otherwise, as April said, you're going to run into issues down the line when people's expectations don't match up. Your idea of what increasing your site traffic a lot is isn't probably that might not be the same as what your boss thinks it is. And guess who's right in that conversation? Not you. <laughs> not you. So it really is an opportunity to make sure that everybody is on the same page and what everybody knows what success looks like. It's extremely important. Yes, yes. I think that's that's the right qualifier there. Thank you. But definitely don't stand back <laughs> because you'll lose credibility that you don't know what you're doing. All right. The fourth step for defining the right marketing KPIs is set up analytics and tracking. And April is going to do this one because she loves analytics and tracking. I do. I'm so obsessed with it. Um, Okay, that's definitely a different topic for a different day. We've mentioned that before. In any case, so my last point was about setting KPIs, right? But the analytics and tracking, to Anne's point about being nervous, allow you to have your pulse on how things are going also to change course if you need to, to compare and see where certain things are working better than others. It's really that philosophy of test and learn, which we talk about so often. But when you set this up, you you want to do, you know, use CTAs or calls to action that have some measurable analytic behind them wherever possible. So if you want people to opt into an event and you're publicizing it across digital channels, you can actually set up CTAs and assign a unique link so you can see, like I was just saying, in real time what things are working or what messaging is most compelling or where are people really opting in based on those different places or within the different marketing channels. 
And then that allows you to, one, diagnose what's working and what might not be, optimize even within things. Like if you have something that's just failing miserably, you can reallocate those dollars or change the CTA or do something in real time. But this also helps you in the future. So as you build your skills and your expertise and you see what is working, you can optimize already for the next campaign that you're putting out there because you have those learnings. And If your tactic doesn't have a built-in analytic or analytics, things like um, traditional marketing, for example, so like billboards or or actual physical handouts, who does those anymore? Um, (laughs) In COVID, no one, but they may come back. Word of mouth. You can ask people where they found out about you. Now, this is another place to Anne's earlier point about sandbagging where people can be like, yeah, right. No one can actually recall that. But I don't think that that's actually Mm -hmm. true, especially if you follow up with what do you remember about it, which is a tactic we often used to use at the agency. Um, And this was big in the healthcare space because we were doing equal amounts of digital and traditional media. And so we would ask this question and they'd say, oh, I saw the billboard. Well, what message was on that? And if they could recall or they could recall what part of the highway they are on or whatever, then you're like, oh, yeah, that is actually where they heard it. So that's a, that's another good one. Um, and I would say, too, with that, it can't hurt. You don't always get the answers. Those things aren't always as impactful as you want them to be. But you should definitely be asking if they are out there in the marketplace so you can look at everything cohesively. Um, and then I said, you know, review analytics and trackers on a regular basis and made fun of me for loving analytics. We use megafa- Megaphone to track this podcast. I would be lying if I didn't say I refresh that page multiple times a day, especially if I'm having trouble getting through a deliverable or <laughs> thinking through or writing a podcast episode. Um, but really, the point is to have your pulse on it, um, to make sure you know where things are and to the point of feeling in power of the situation and and being able to move things along, it really does help you not to do it multiple times a day, like I said. But once every couple days, depending on what it is, or you know, maybe every Friday you sit down and you look at what has done well or not for the week and jot down some points and change things as needed. It's just, you know, in, in the digital space we're in now, we have the opportunity for this. And it's just smart to make sure that you understand where things are versus you know, setting it and forgetting it and then coming back and having everything be just a miserable failure. Or like Ann said, you've sandbagged and you've so far surpassed that you don't even know how you're going to tell that story to management. Yeah. And I, and I think the thing to kind of remember here is that there really isn't one analytic or tracking solution mm-hmm. that solves all of your marketing needs. We really, really wish there was. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have spent a lot of money trying to develop their own. A lot of companies will try to sell you something. Um, just know that whatever somebody's trying to sell is usually in the in the context of trying to show how much buzz you have or how popular you are. I mean, we talked about cloud scores and all those sorts of things. If you're in a PR world, you'll know what I'm talking about. Those things are basically randomized scales that somebody has defined that then put some meaning against them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, if that's something that you want to use in order to identify how you're doing, fine. But just keep in mind that there's a lot of quantitative um, backing in order to support those. But, you know, use the analytics that you have that are attached to each one of the channels that you are engaged on. And then do the due diligence to figure out what that means for your business. Mm -hmm. And you can do that very easily by 
understanding and, and testing and learning what is creating levers within with regards to when you activate something or tune something up, how is it impacting what is going on around you? If you know what you're measuring, which goes back to the first step and the second step. So this is why we call this a process and steps that you need to do all four of these in order to be able to really set up KPIs that are going to give you really strong indicators of how your marketing is doing within your business and how effective it's being. And as an aside, too, you can, as April said, you can even track traffic, especially in the digital space. So not many people know, but if you have like a promotion going on or if you have a marketing campaign going on and you're in advertising this or promoting it in the digital space, you can assign a unique link or called Bentley link to each of those mm-hmm. individual traffic pieces, all right? And each of the individual marketing channels. You can then see which channel is actually providing the most traffic. Now, you don't know necessarily the conversions that are related to that, but you at least know what is generating the most amount of exposure for that specific marketing uh, uh, promotion or um, marketing uh, campaign. Yeah, and I want to go back to one thing. As much as I do love analytics, the thing that I hate about them is seeing them be misused or oversimplified. And I think to Anne's point about there not being one single way to kind of pull it all together. I mean, we try this at the agency, right? Get the really smart digital technical guys in and have them build these fancy dashboards where you can see all the things. And the thing that I never liked about any of that is you really miss out on key insights. And so to Anne's point mm-hmm. about, you know, digging in and seeing what post does the best or, you know, where what types of posts do the best over time, I think a lot of that secondary knowledge is actually the more powerful stuff versus you got 180 likes this week on whatever. That doesn't necessarily tell you the story about the day-to-day content itself or the message you're putting out there or any of that. I mean, Anne made the point at the very beginning that you're trying to reach the right consumer at the right place at the right time with the right message and the right channel. I mean, That's a lot of things you're trying to cover off on. So when you're looking at analytics, you want to think about it through those lenses versus just a comprehensive number or set of numbers, because things like buzz, like Ann said, what does that what does that even mean? That's something that somebody just created. So do spend the time, you know, like we said, there is so much that can be tracked. Don't allow it to suck you under for sure. But think about it the way that you think about your own social channels or Twitter or whatever and the types of reactions. That's just social, right? But the types of things that you would want to see and use that lens for the business and make sure you're not missing things because you're trying to create some big analytical picture that doesn't exist. And make sure you use that framework in engaging any marketing company who's trying to sell you something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ask them, what are you measuring? Because a lot of these companies, and I just remember a specific one a couple years ago where one person that I was uh, consulting with said that they were going to do a Super Bowl activation and that they had guaranteed you know, 100 million impressions because that's <laughs> going to be how many people that were actually there at the game, right? And I'm like, well, no, it's not 100 million impressions. It's there's a hundred million opportunities for somebody to see that, but if you got to expect that maybe only half of them will, that's fifty percent. Only you know, then half of those are going to care, so that's down to twenty five percent. Then half of them is going to be relevant to you or to them as a consumer. Then that's like twelve and a half percent, and then maybe only like two percent of them are going to actually do something with it because it's not 
like actually meeting them at the right time in the right place mm-hmm. for them to be receptive. Mm-hmm. So make sure you ask them, what are you measuring for me? Don't just like get wrapped up in the fact that the numbers seem impressive. And so then it's got to be really good. And then ask for case studies and results from um, their other opportunities that they've had with the other clients to do these, this similar work. If they won't give you any or they say it's um, proprietary, then say, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Because they should be able to share those sorts of things. They might not be able to share all the exact numbers and business outcome and all those sorts of things, but they should be able to give you an indication of how many somethings it had to, um, with regards to impact it had on the business or the client they worked with. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.